On this Christmas, we celebrate that here comes heaven down to us. Christ the Lord has come down to earth. Amen. Let's give it up for the Lord one more time. Amen. Good to see you all today. Welcome. My name is Omar, and I serve as the lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And I want to take the time to welcome everyone right now watching us online. Also, everyone watching us at our local campuses live all throughout Miami. But I especially want to welcome those of you who are joining us for the very first time. You know, if you came to one of our services today at one of our local campuses or watching us online, we believe it's because the Lord brought you here and there's something that He wants to speak to you. He wants to draw you closer to Him. And so it's our honor and privilege to have you part of our church uh, family for this weekend. So family, can we give it up again for those first time guests? Thank you so much. And we hope that you are feeling welcome today. Well, uh, starting next year, we're going to start a journey through the Gospel of Mark. And uh, I'm excited to, to go through the journey through the life of our Lord. But we thought during this Christmas season that we would do a character study on the different people associated with the birth of Christ. The first week, we looked at the wise men. Uh, second week, we looked at Joseph. Last week, we looked at the life of Mary. And today, we're looking at the Christmas story through the lens of the shepherds. And so I'm ready and excited to dive into God's Word. I hope you are too. And so, yeah. And so wherever you find yourself, open up your Bibles, open up your Christ Fellowship apps, and go to Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 10, and you can just follow along as I read. Listen to what God's Word says. It says, And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, watching over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you some what? Come on, a little louder. Some what? Some good news. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. That is God's word. You can go and take a seat, everybody. You know, ever since I was a little boy, I've been an avid fan of sitcoms. You know, my mom can attest to it, to that. I've, I watch sitcoms over and over and over and over. And one of my favorite sitcoms of all time has to be The Office. In fact, at all campuses, slip up your hand if you like The Office. Yeah, I see some Office fans over there. Yeah, at all campuses. If you're watching online, put I watch it. I love The Office. Uh, in fact, The Office is the show that I watch to sleep every night. That's how much I love this show. And one of the main characters from this from, from the show is Jim Halpert. Everyone loves Jim and Pam, and he's, you know, he's one of the, the favorites on the, on the show. But he's played by the actor John Krasinski. Now, John did something this past summer that people absolutely loved. You know, he realized that in the midst of a summer, of a year, really, that all we got was bad news. And we got bad news over and over and over and over. It felt like it never let up. He realized that we needed some good news. So get this. He started a, a news network, essentially, called Some Good News. In fact, take a look at their very first episode. Good evening, everybody. Even though it is very clearly the afternoon, and welcome to SGN, 
John, what is SGN? That's a good question. For years now, I've been wondering, why is there not a news show dedicated entirely to good news? Well, desperately seeking my fix somewhere else, I reached out to all of you this week, asking, nay begging, for some good news. And boy, did you deliver. After reading those replies and the incredibly heartwarming stories that came with them, I thought, all right, enough is enough, world. Why not us? Why not now? So, ladies and gentlemen, this is your fault, and this is SGN. I'm John Krasinski, and if it isn't clear yet, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. And now, for some good news. And what a week for good news it was. Because yes, without question, we are all going through an incredibly trying time. But, through all the anxiety, through all the confusion, all the isolation, and all the Tiger King, Somehow, the human spirit still found a way to break through and blow us all away. Nowhere was that seen more powerfully than in the heroism of the global healthcare community. Now, these men and women are working day in and day out. They are putting their own health on the lines. They are putting their own lives on the lines for complete and total strangers. And they're doing it without the need for so much as a thank you. Well, luckily the thank yous came anyway. And the heartfelt appreciation was seen on a global scale. In Spain, police lined the street outside their local hospital and flashed their lights and applauded their appreciation for their hospital staff. In London, an ICU nurse told her boyfriend she didn't believe there would be any clapping. She was wrong. Even out at sea, NATO sailors and staff applaud their healthcare heroes back home from their command centers, the decks of their ships, and even underwater. And the love and appreciation was felt right here at home in the U.S., whether from the balconies of lit-up apartment buildings to the old-fashioned up-close-and-personal kind, where a man holds up a sign simply saying thank you to the hospital staff for saving his wife's life. Hey, can we give it up for the first responders, amen. Hey, thank you so much. And you know, this was such a hit that over 18 million people watched this. Over 18 million people. The family, do not miss the point because John Krasinski understood that in the midst of a year where all that we got is bad news, the human heart is in desperate need of some good news. And that's what he created. Now, folks, let me just bring all that over to our time together because what an image of what our God does, but in a more significant way. And, and by that, I mean that just like John Krasinski, right, brought us temporary good news. Listen, just like that. And here's the big idea on this Christmas weekend. This Christmas, our God brings to every single human being not, eternal, not temporary good news, but the opposite, actually eternally good news. You see, good news that won't fade, good news that won't diminish, and good news that if you receive it, listen, it will transform your life forever. And who knows, maybe you're here, maybe you're watching online or whatever campus, and you're saying, Pastor, I'm tracking with you because I feel that all I've got this, this year was bad news. Yeah, I'm at church, I might have a smile on my face, but listen, I, I've had some bad news in my family, marriage, children, 
things at work, bad news in my finances, health issues, just so many different issues going on. And so, Omar, what are these good news that God has for me? Because the truth is, I'm in desperate need of some good news. Well, we're going to find out from Luke chapter 2, all right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2. You can also open up your apps. I want to encourage you, always use our Christ Fellowship apps. You can find them in the app store. And today I have two thoughts for you about the good news that God has for you this, this Christmas. So write this down as point number one. The good news is that a Savior has been born. Amen, family? A Savior has been born. Now, let's go to the passage for today. Listen to what it says. It says, in the same region where Christ was born, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you what? Good news. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a what? A Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, family, pause. let's pause right there for a moment slip into the scene. Because the news of our Savior's birth came to the most unlikely group of people. In this case, it was the shepherds. Now, I know we all have kind of an imagery of what the shepherds were and what they were like, but let me just give you a little more insight who they really were. Because at that time, shepherds were near the bottom of the social ladder, like pretty much at the bottom. See, they were uneducated, unskilled people, and many of them were known to be people who were um, unreliable and dishonest to the point that they could not testify in open court. That's how unreliable they were. And then furthermore, they were not people who were very religiously, uh, active religiously. You see, because they were always out in the field 24-7 look looking after the, 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 the sheep, they could not fulfill the ceremonial requirements of the Pharisees who were the religious leaders of the time. And so the shepherds could not go worship God like everyone else. Why? Because they were ceremonially unclean. And so there were many different things. And folks, it is to these people that God decided, get this, to be the first people that he would announce that his son was born, that a savior has been born. And family, it was fitting that it would be the shepherds who this announcement was made to. And here's why. Write this down or type in your apps this down as letter A. It's because Jesus is a savior for all people. Amen? For all people. Now, listen carefully to what the passage states. It says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for what? For some people? Mm -mm, for all people, right? Not most people, for all the people. Now, what the angels are saying here is not that every single person, that Christ will be the savior of every person because we know that not everyone accepts Christ. But what the angels were saying is that this savior will be a savior for all types of people. You see, uh, the one true God shows no partiality. 
You know, and, 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 and I love that because in a year where there's a cry for equality, the only one who can perfectly be equal and impartial is our traitor God, amen? He's the only one that can perfectly be impartial. And who knows, maybe you're watching right now, maybe you were brought here by a friend or family, and you're thinking, you know, I don't really know if I belong here. You know, I, yeah, I came to Christmas service, yeah, I'm tuning in for this Christmas weekend, but I don't know if I really belong here. Because, Omar, if you really knew my background, what my thinking was, if you know things about me, listen, I don't think God wants to be my savior. But let me remind you, it doesn't matter whether you're rich or you're poor. It doesn't matter if you're powerful or not powerful. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what color skin you are. It doesn't matter what country of origin you are. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you think you're moral or immoral. It doesn't matter who you think you are. At the end of the day, God is a savior for all types of people, amen? That is the God that we serve. And family, here's what this impartial Savior came to save us from. Write this down or type this down as letter B. Jesus is a Savior who saves us from our sin, from our sin. In fact, let's leave the Gospel of Luke and let's go to the Gospel of Matthew to see what the angel told Joseph before the birth of Christ. Listen to what he says. The angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name what? Jesus. For he will save his people from their what? From their sins. Now pause right there because oftentimes Jesus is presented to people as the one who will rescue them or save them from something going on in their life, but not necessarily save them from their sin. You know, far too often the way that, 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 that Jesus is presented is in this fashion. They almost present, people present it as, to give you some examples on the screen, so sometimes they'll present him as, for he will save you from your unfulfilled marriage. You know, maybe the reason you came and you're tuning in today for the first time is because something's going on in your marriage and you're thinking, well, God can rescue my marriage. Or perhaps another issue is a financial issue. Things are not going well in your finances. You're thinking, he, well, he can save my finances. Or maybe perhaps it could be a family issue. It could be a family issue and therefore uh, maybe you're thinking, well, maybe God could sort all this out. The next one could be a habit or an addiction, maybe another one could be discouraged. Maybe you're coming in, you're discouraged about this year, what's happening in your life. Perhaps as you're single, as people sometimes come to church thinking, well, God can maybe rescue me from my singles, from my loneliness, or maybe even an illness. You know, something's going on in your life, in your family's life, a family member, you're thinking, well, God can sort this out for me, so I need to come to church so that really God could save me and rescue me from all these things. Who knows, maybe that's the reason you came today. Maybe that's the reason that you're tuning in today, because in your mind, you're thinking, the only one who could help me is God. And I need rescuing, I need saving from these things in my life. And listen carefully. Jesus, our Lord, deeply cares about those things going on in your life. 
Listen, he knows what's happening in your life right now, and he deeply cares about what's happening in your life. And he wants to help you in that area in your life. But make no mistake about it. The Lord's priority when he comes to you, when he looks deep in your soul, the biggest priority for him is to save you from your sin. Amen? Then that is his biggest priority to you. And imagine imagine a, a, a patient coming to a doctor a cancer patient, and they're complaining about headaches or body aches and, and, and begging the doctor to do something about those headaches or that body ache. And the doctor listen, looks at that patient and he understands and he cares of what's going on in that patient's life. But listen, his biggest priority, make no mistake about it, is what? It's the cancer inside of them. Same thing is with sin, right? When the Lord looks deep in your heart and goes through everything and the exterior, what he sees, your biggest need is, is that you and I need to be saved from our sin. And family, here is why we need to be saved from our sin. It's because our sin, if left unforgiven, if we die in our sins, listen, we will spend an eternity in hell. Now, I know it's Christmas weekend and we don't like to talk about hell, but regardless of what your imagery is of hell, it's very simple. It's, an, it's a place where there's an absence of God. And so if you continue your life in sin, not being right with God, not being forgiven of your sins, not coming to the Lord, and you die without Christ, listen, you will spend an eternity without God. And that's what Scripture tells us. This is why the good news of Christmas is that we have a Savior who came to save us from our sin. Amen, family? Can we get up for the Lord? Thank you, Lord. That he came to save us from our sin. He would go to that cross, and on that cross, he would die for our sins, for everything we deserve. He's the one who takes it upon. He saves us from our sin. And family, when you understand truly what he has done for you, the blessing that that is, write this down as big number two. Listen, this good news brings us, what? Great joy. Now, if you're here today at one of our campuses or you're watching us online and you're saying, listen, I don't have that joy in me, well, it's for either two reasons. The first one is that you don't know Christ as Savior yet. And in a few moments, I'm going to help you take steps towards that direction. But maybe perhaps you know the Lord already. Christ is your Savior. But the reason that you don't feel that joy right now is because you are allowing the short temporary issues of life to take away all that joy. And you're forgetting that your biggest need has been taken care of. You are right with God, and you will spend eternity with the Lord. Amen? Let that joy be in your heart. And folks, here's what happens. The moment that we come before the Lord, that we establish a relationship with the Savior, then we get to experience two very, very unique things that only those who call on Christ as Savior can experience. You all ready for those two things? Write this down as letter A. First of all, Jesus is a Savior who then reveals to us God's highest glory. Now, listen to what the angels tell the shepherds next. It's very, very revealing. Listen to what happens next. It says, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was... 
with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, glory to God in the what? In the highest. Now get this. Notice, after the, that one angel announced the good news that a Savior has been born, there appears a huge, listen, a multitude of angels singing in the sky. And the first thing they say as they're singing and praising God is what? Glory to God in the highest. Now, if you have your Bibles open, you have your apps open, just circle the word glory for just a moment because, you know, sometimes when we gather together at church or talking to other believers, we say the word glory to God a lot. But sometimes we say it, but we don't really understand what it all means. You see, the word glory there in the original Greek text, you know, here at Christ Fellowship, we always like to remind you that the Bible is first written in Greek and Hebrew, right, and then translated into different languages. So the original word there in the Greek is the word doxa. In fact, can we say doxa together? Doxa. Yeah. Now, the word doxa, it means, in the original Greek, it means an external revelation, okay, of splendor, majesty, or worth. So when you think of the word doxa, glory, it's an external revelation of something of, high, of infinite worth, of value, of majesty. So when we say that God is glorified, we're not saying that we're adding glory to God. Why? Because he's already infinitely glorious. But what we are saying is that at that moment, the glory of God is shown or, or, or who God is is being revealed at that very moment. And so when, it's interesting that the angels here declare glory to God in the what? In the highest. Now, interesting enough, this is the only place in Scripture where it says glory to God in the highest. Now, there's a lot of places in Scripture where it says glory to God, but only in this place does it say glory to God in the highest. Meaning what? Well, meaning that this is the moment in history at the birth of Christ. It's a moment in history where the, the, the glory of God is mostly shown or he is greatly or, mo, or to the highest degree reveals who he is, his character and his attributes. You see, if you're joining us today for the first time and you're wondering, man, what is God is like? What, you know, what, what exactly God is like? Was it? Then look no further than the actual birth of Christ. Because at that moment, we see all of his attributes and all of his character really coming to one point to be revealed through his son. You see, because through that son that was born, listen, we see the love of God towards humanity. For God so loved the world. You know, through Christ, we see that for God, so, the generosity of Christ, for God so loved the world that he gave his son to us. You know, through Christ, we see the justice of God, that that little boy boy would grow up and he would have to go to the cross to die on a cross for our sins so that sin would be paid for. You know, through Christ, listen, we see the mercy of God when sinners come to Christ and he forgives us of our sins. You know, through Christ, we will see the grace of God, how he draws us close to him, how he, how he, how he brings us close and he bestows on us blessings upon blessings. And through Christ, listen, we see the compassion of God, that he would suffer, that he would know what we do and what we feel, and that he would run to us, and so we see the compassion of God. 
You see, family, from the beginning of time, to the, from the book of Genesis, get this, we saw glimpses of who God was. You know, at one point we saw his love. At one point we saw his generosity, his mercy, his justice. We saw glimpses throughout the Old Testament. But family, it wasn't to the birth of Christ that we saw all of God's perfect attributes come together to be revealed in a very special way. Isn't that amazing, family? That's, that is why it's glory to God in the highest. And so not only do we get to experience who really God is, but write this down as letter, as, as letter B. He's also a Savior born to bring us peace. Peace. Don't you love that word? Peace. And family, isn't that what we all desire? Listen, every single one of us, you're watching online right now, listen, what we desire deep in our hearts is peace. And you know what the angels talked about here is not circumstantial peace. You know, sometimes we think of peace as thinking, well, when we get home and the children are behaving, there's peace at home, right? Or, man, when you come home and your things are good with your spouse, you're getting along, there's peace in the marriage. Or when you go to work and things are good, there's peace at work. Or you look at your finance, there's peace in my, you know, my finances, And so sometimes we think of peace in terms of temporal, circumstantial peace. But family, the peace that they're referring to is that deep inner peace that it can only be felt in the deep heart of our soul. See, understand this. True peace does not come when things are going right in life but rather true peace comes when we are right with God. Let me repeat that because I want you to really let that sink into your heart. Listen, true peace does not come when everything in your life is going right. Why? That's temporary peace. And you know how it is. It goes like that. But you know when true peace happens in your heart? When you know deep down your heart that you are right with God. You know, they, just recently I heard a pastor say that uh, there's peace in the presence of God. And you know, I said, amen. No, that's, that sounds right. But you know, the more I thought about it, I realized, you know, that's partly right. Because if you are in the presence of God and you're not right with God, there's no peace. Listen, to stand before God and you are not right with God, there's no peace at that moment. Why? Because we are sinning against a holy and just God. But listen, only when you are right with God. Listen, your life could be collapsing all around you, and you may not be happy having a good time, but despite of what's happening in your life, deep in your heart, listen, you, when you know you are right with God, that you have a relationship with the Savior, despite of what's happening in your life, there's a peace that transcends understanding, amen? There's a peace that that permeates deep in your heart. You know, a family that's a good example of this is the Delamo family. Many of you know who they are. They are a terrific couple. They have been part of our church for a long time, love the Lord, they serve the Lord in many ways. And this past year, listen, things were not going right for the Delamo family. But in the midst of it all, they experienced the peace of God because they were right with God. Take a look.
My name is Mirka Del Amo and I'm married to Carlos Del Amo, have four wonderful children and I've been a member of Christ Fellowship for over 13 years. My first thought when I was diagnosed with cancer was I'm not going to see my kids get married so I'm not going to dance with, with Stephen at his wedding. Then everything was like a slow process in my mind and then I said I have to trust in the Lord. When my family found out about the news, immediately they said, well, we have to pray, we, you, you need to know that God is in control. And, and ever since we did everything that we had to do and everybody in my family got closer together. And I believe that our faith has grown all together. Throughout my doctor's visits and treatments, I was going through a lot of pain and I said, Lord, why is this happening to me? And then I heard his voice in my mind where it says, don't try to understand what this, why is this happening, just trust in me. Because of that, he gives me peace. He gives me um, the knowledge and the assurance that he is with me, that he's never going to leave me or forsake me. So when I first found out that I was in complete remission, I was so happy because I was blessed with his miracle and, and I know he has a purpose for that. And, and I've seen him working. But for me and for my children, it was incredible to watch Mirka go through this. Life was just going on for her. And that peace that transcends all understanding started to be instilled not only in me, but in my children. Families always have problems. There were no more problems in our family after cancer hit our family. We were one united force, and it all happened because we watched the example of Mirka. And she, her words were so impressive when she says, if I'm gonna go through this, I wanna make it count for God. And she was the one that said the words to me that if I die, I gain, and if I live, it's for a purpose. So through this process, by watching my wife and her joyful attitude, I take it in stride and I trust in God. And through the coronavirus pandemic, I've trusted in God. And it's her lesson. It's her lesson that has taught me that. So coming into this experience, I was very scared to wonder what was gonna happen without my mom being fully there and being not as strong as she always is. She showed me that she could do it all on her own through the strength of Christ. And we got this kind of crazy peace um, through Christ and through getting that strength. But by crazy peace, it, it means crazy in the literal term. Obviously, we have times where you're down and you're thinking like, oh my goodness, like my mom has cancer. Like saying those words out loud, it's a little difficult at times just because she went through it and had to deal with that. But in the end of it all, th the peace that she had through it was so crazy that it radiated to us as well. And we all knew that no matter what happened, everything was gonna be okay. What I learned from this experience is that um, we need to be right with God. And being right with God gives you also the peace that surpasses all of this, all understanding. And being right with God also gives you the, the faith that we should have um, in order to live this life walking with him and for him. Hey, can we give it up to the Lord for that? Man, what an amazing testimony that even though, hey, things were not going right in life, 
she experienced the peace of God. Who knows, maybe right now you're wondering, Omar, as I see people around, I see Mirka. I want that peace in my life. So how can I experience that peace? Well, listen to what the Bible Bible says next in that passage. The angel said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is what? Well pleased. Now notice, not everyone in life will experience the peace of God. The, The angels declared it's only those whom he is pleased with. Huh. So more how the natural question is how do you please God? Is it by coming to church? Is it by want, tuning in online right now? Is it a ritual? Is it a, a tradition that I have to go through? I could be a good person. Is that the way to please God? Well, listen, the Bible says you can do all those things. You can be sitting right here at church and not please God. Why? Because listen to what Hebrews 11 says. It says, and without what? Without what? Without faith. It is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must what? Believe. You must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who what? Who seek him. See, the Bible's clear. The only way for you to try to have Christ as your Savior, experience who He is, experience His peace, have a relationship with God. It's very simple. There has to be a point where you come to know Christ as Lord and Savior by putting your faith and trust in Him, by putting your faith in His life, death, and resurrection. And the Bible says that the moment you put your faith in Christ, He forgives you of all your sins. Everything you've been ashamed of, everything you carried into church right now, He forgives you of everything. He brings you close. He gives you a new life. He gives you that peace you're longing for. And you start a relationship with God that will never end. The question is, will you put your trust today on Jesus Christ? That's the question. Let's bow our heads for prayer at all campuses. You know, before I Lead some of you in a prayer to the Lord. And some of you right now, as you are just sitting right now, watching a line, sitting one of our campuses, you're probably thinking, Lord, Omar, I'm ready. I'm ready to take this step. I'm ready to get right with God. I'm ready to start a journey with the Lord. And so, Omar, how can I do that? I want to put, because I want to I do that. Well, listen, before I lead you through a prayer, would you just talk to the Lord for a moment? In a few moments, I'm going to just ask you to slip up your hand. And with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, it's not to make you stand up or point out. But you know what? It's something about us when, you know, when we physically say, pray for me, Omar. I'm ready to take this step. There's something in our hearts that says yes and affirms that. And so listen, with everyone look, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed at all campuses, it's a very private moment. If you're here today and you're saying, Omar, I need the Lord. I'm ready to take this step. So pray for me. Just slip up your hand. At all campuses, amen, I see you, I see you, I see you. Anybody else? I see you back there, amen. Anybody else at all campus right now? Campus pastors right there. Raise your hand, amen. Once you can put your hand down. 
If that's you, listen, I want to lead you through a prayer. When you pray this, you don't pray this to me. I always like to remind you, I'm just a man. I cannot save you. Pray to God who's waiting for you, listening to you at this very moment. So pray this with me. Father, today I come before you, and I realize my sin before you, and I put my trust in you, oh God. Lord, forgive me of all of my sins, of everything I'm ashamed of, oh Lord. And give me everlasting life. Give me your peace, Lord. And for the rest of my life, let me live a life, oh Lord, that honors you. I'm not perfect, but Father, help me to live that life that honors you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me on this Christmas. I love you, Lord. It's in Jesus we pray. Amen. Hey, family, church family at all campuses, if you are excited for those people who came to know Christ, man, thank glory to God. Thank God you took that step here at Palmetto Bay. Listen, I want to encourage you, on your way out, wherever you're at right now, on your way out, there is a next step booth right there. They, there's somebody there that if you pray that prayer, just stop by. They have a Bible for you that they want to give you so you can start reading God's Word, getting to know who the Lord is. You're going to fill a little form, and one of our pastors will reach out to you just to help you get started in your walk with Christ. If you're watching us online, go to cfmiami.org slash connection, and there you'll be able to fill out that form, and we will get you all set up. But listen, it's a perfect time to come to know the Lord, amen, on this weekend of Christmas. And so I'm going to call all the campus pastors to come to the front, all campuses, Christ Fellowship. I love you all so much. Have a Merry Christmas.